This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. Yeah, so in terms of practical function in our church experience... How do you feel like it's operated in in our church? And like, mm-hmm. has it been biblical? Have you really had to correct anything yet? Do you feel like it's... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly give direction. I, the, <laughs> I have like a few things that I say almost every single time we gather together, you know, because, yep. of, because of these guardrails. And, yeah. and if there's, there's anybody new in the group, which they're often are new people, then... You know, I want to make sure they understand what's going on because I don't want to end up in a situation where they hear somebody quietly speaking in tongues and they're like scandalized by it, you know. So just to explain this is what's happening and, and all that. I feel like for the most part it it has been biblical and maybe there's been some moments where we've had to say, hey, brother or hey, sister, let's make sure. And this is private. Normally I don't like – I've never had anybody in our church setting – do something that is just blatantly unbiblical that in the moment was like, you need to stop. Maybe somebody's speaking in tongues a little more loudly than I would have them. And and so afterwards, you know, it's like, hey, let's make sure when we're doing this, you know, it's it's like the Bible describes and whatever. But I think it's been really good and very beneficial. We've had people speak in tongues quietly, inaudibly, uh, whispered, maybe louder than a whisper, but not addressing anybody and nobody's bothered by it. We've had it interpreted twice, I think, in our fellowship. That's a rare one. The interpretation yeah. is always like, whoa, I want more of that. But because then it becomes that prophecy level encouragement. It's prophecy level. And the other beauty of interpretation is it affirms the gift. Yeah. It actually affirms that tongues is actually happening. That yes, whole like, is it right. actually real? Right. Well, I mean, uh, okay, so we've shared this story once before, but we I, I can name one time where tongues was interpreted in our gathering. So practical application here, I was speaking in tongues silently uh-huh. under my breath. I was walking, I was pacing, I was not even really close to anybody. Yeah, okay? well, and I was, the, I think, the nearest person to you, and I didn't even know you were speaking <laughs> in tongues. So. This, this is how I operate, guys. Yes, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very sensitive <laughs> about it. And so basically, I felt like the Lord was giving me a repeating sentence. Mm. When this has happened, maybe two times this has happened to me, it's like a repeating sentence over and over and over and then I asked God for an interpretation. Okay. And so I had this in my heart. I felt like God gave me an interpretation. It was very simple. Which is biblical. Yeah. But I'm like, Lord, should I share this? And I felt like he wanted me to hold on to it, not mm. say anything yet. Mm-hmm. So about 20 minutes later, we're praying over somebody. 
and somebody else in our our ministry or in our church, they prayed over this person the interpretation, like word for word, word basically. for word. Yeah. Yes. It was crazy. I'm like, thank you, God. That yeah. was the affirmation. And right. I shared it with them. So that to say, like, when you're praying in tongues, ask for interpretation. Because we do, that's what the scripture says, is ultimately you do want to have an edifying interpretation for mm-hmm. people around you. Mm-hmm. But don't don't belittle the value that it has, especially just in your personal walk, all those stuff I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I think it has value in our gathering. I've never been um, distracted. Like, I... The way that we operate, it's not like maybe a lot of charismatic churches where there are people who are more used to it. So like there's mm-hmm. they're more boisterous about it. Mm-hmm. But it's also not like a church that doesn't have it at all. It's there, but it's so it's discreet mm. enough to where maybe you can tell some people are speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. But that's not the highlight. It's yeah. not the central thing. The central thing is Jesus. Mm-hmm. We want to meet with Jesus. And if God gives us an interpretation of tongues, great. Right, right. Yeah, but, but the primarily what you're hearing, uh, I mean, almost entirely, uh, unless somebody believes they have something that they can, that the Spirit's empowered them to interpret, what you're hearing is intelligible words, words that can build up others because they can understand them. And tongues is a more of a background thing or, but you know, speaking to God or it's heard... I, let me throw some Romans 8 at you. Okay. Okay. Romans 8 says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we don't know what to pray, the Spirit himself intercedes with groans too deep for words. Do you think that's a tongues scripture? I don't see why not. I think that it could be <laughs> it could be tongues. I would say it's it could be tongues and it could also be words that are given to us to help like like when I don't know what to pray God is giving me English words that I you know that are comprehensible but I'm just not sure what to pray and he's giving to me so I think it could be either it it I, it doesn't specify yeah I guess the, the reason it, the reason I think of it is because you like you're asking about how does it function in our church yeah and I know that very often there is this intercessory kind of function that that comes with tongues or tongues comes with the intercession really when when we like lay hands on someone or we're interceding for some thing something we're asking God to do or interceding for healing or for a breakthrough in some way spiritually that very often I hear people very quietly praying in tongues and it's like an intercessory thing now if they're praying in tongues they don't know what they're saying intellectually. What what I imagine, the reason why, why that Romans 8 comes to mind is it's like they have these desires inside of them, but they don't know how to put it into words. They don't know, God, what do you want to do with this? What would you be willing to do with this? They don't quite know, but they just have all this desire inside of them. And, and I wonder, is that the groaning of the Spirit in them that that comes through with tongues prayer as this intercessory kind of I don't know how to pray for this and the spirit is groaning in me and expressing through me prayers that I don't understand with my mind but I believe they are God 
They're God's desires. They're God's will being prayed, his desires being prayed. And and I wonder sometimes if that's what's happening. Groaning's too deep for words. Sure. From the spirit. Sure. And it I take back my English thing. I mean, it's groaning's too deep for words. I don't see what else that would be, to be honest. I mean, it makes mm. sense that it's tongues. And so really to just add to that, you know, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. When you're deeply delighting in the Lord and you have a desire that is selfless, that's like, hey, I care about this other person. We're praying for them. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't God give words why wouldn't the Holy Spirit do that? Yeah, give come those alongside and, yeah. that are helping accomplish that thing. Mm-hmm. Once again, that's a dependence thing. That's a me releasing control. Mm-hmm. It's something we don't like to do. Mm-hmm. I'm actually preaching about this week, Mary and Martha a bit, and on abiding prayer. And it's this. I actually think Christ, when he's he's addressing Martha, he's addressing our need to control things. Mm. Yeah. And so it comes with tongues and the territory. Our greatest desire as humankind is to be able to control our own fate, mm-hmm. control our own destiny. No one else controls what I do. I control it mm-hmm. uh, because we want to be our own God. Mm-hmm. And God says, here's a gift that you have absolutely zero control over. Mm-hmm. You can't quantify it. You can't make it something that you did at all, period. Right. Because it's nonsense. With, right. The world definitely won't admire you for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nonsense if you know you try to control it and be the the person who's running the wheels. So, mm-hmm. and that's exposed in ministries that have misused it. Yeah. But it's really just a surrender. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a laying down, certainly of pride, of intellectual pride. Here's what happens to me. Okay, with tongues. I feel intellectually very silly, like in my flesh, the thoughts of my flesh when I am praying in tongues is, you're an idiot. You you sound like an absolute (laughs) idiot. What are you doing? Yes, right, right, exactly. This This can't be real. Can this really be accomplishing anything? That's what my flesh is saying. But in my spirit... I'm listening to my Bible. I'm communing with the Lord. And I don't want to listen to my flesh. So it's really a killing of my pride, even mm-hmm. in just in front of myself. Because it's not something I do in front of other people. Yeah. So I'm not worried about what they think. But it's even in front of myself. Just it's a, it, There's an assault on my sincerity every time, and I have to depend on the Word of God and the Spirit of God, that these things are valuable and real, and it matters. And God, it's important to God that I am walking by the Spirit and not in the flesh. So that there's this battle that's always happening. On the other end of it, where there's this denial of tongues and resistance of the gift and all those kinds of things. To me, it's the intellectual pride of like that. If it looks weird and silly and phony to me, then I'm too good for it. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lower myself intellectually to engage in something that I can't reason with. And, and so there can be pride on both sides of the issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
um, where you, you could be spiritually proud, like, look how much I speak in tongues, or you could be intellectually proud, like, I'm not like the, the stupid tongue speakers. Yeah, and to speak to that, I have to share with my, my brothers and sisters in a context that where you don't speak in tongues, whether mm-hmm. it's cessationist or it's functionally cessationist, right. but theologically continuationist. Mm-hmm. I grew up in this space, I totally get it. Joking about it, creates contempt in your people. Right. right. I have to tell you this, like when you joke about other groups regularly. Mm-hmm. Mocking and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's even if you're not like meaning with a really mean spirit. And even when you're saying at the same time, well, it's not a salvation issue, you know, mm-hmm. there's still the way that your the people in your church or in your your ministry are going to view people who speak in tongues, mm-hmm. they're going to view them as inferior. Right. I mean, barely saved, or maybe they're saved, but they're inferior to yeah, me. Or not saved. Or not saved. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's gonna happen. Yeah. I promise you. I used to be in that space where yeah, I was thinking too. that way accidentally. Not because because I was taught very good that it's not a salvation issue and all that stuff, but there was enough joking going around that in actuality, I thought they were lesser. Yeah, totally. I, I was totally in the same space. And that really at a minimum. So you said maybe it's not really meant to be mean-spirited. or Maybe you're not really condemning these people. At a minimum, though, Michael, we can say that is not a spirit of unity. Yeah, there's certainly no honoring happening, like outdoing one another and showing honor. We're not outdoing anybody by mocking them, belittling them, treating them like second-class Christians, you know, silly, goofy, easily dismissed. Like that's, and and to be honest with you, and I've said this before, there are people that five years ago I absolutely mocked and I thought were so ridiculous. And now I'm like, man, I wish I could have five minutes with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I wish he would disciple me, you know, because he was operating in something. And I don't just mean tongues or or whatever, but operating in some kind of biblical wisdom or some kind of spiritual power that I just didn't understand. And it looked weird to me. It wasn't my tradition. And so it was easy for me to dismiss him or dismiss his ministry. And now I'm like, wow. He just knew something I didn't know. He was just walking with God in a way that I just didn't walk with God and I didn't understand it. And now that I'm starting to understand, the Spirit just graciously is revealing some things to me and revealing my own pride to me. Now I'm understanding there is more to lay hold of than I thought there was. And and it, we just have to remember that we can be wrong. And we can be influenced by our culture, even our church culture, in ways that's not good for our faith. Yeah. And so we just, we don't want to just tolerate one another, but kind of with this spirit of mockery and whatever, like, okay, you have the House of Congress, but then there's Republicans and Democrats, and they all really hate each other, and it's two sides of the aisle, but they're all Congress, you know, it's like... We don't want to like, okay, we're all the church, but we don't ever cross the aisle. Yeah. We don't really admire one another. We don't agree on much, you know, we the bare minimum agreement, just a function. But yeah. uh, we don't want to operate that way. I, I want to be unified, Come like on. really unified, loving each other, working together, mm-hmm. honoring one another, believing in your ministry. And, you know, when it's wrong, it's wrong. 
If it's unbiblical, if it's self-serving, if it's greedy for gain, you know, then it's just wrong, and we just say it's wrong. But where people are loving Jesus and loving each other, but operating in a gift or not operating in a gift that we value, you know, we can't be so quick to resort to mockery and dismissal and these kinds yeah. of things. I'm totally with you, bro. And it's when huge. you, yeah, when you do that, I mean, there was one day I just, I think I posted this on Facebook, but you know, I try not to go off on Facebook about my own <laughs> opinions too much, but basically it was like, listen, if it's not a salvation issue, what's the issue? Mm. Like why, why <laughs> that's the thing is like, if you really believe it's not a salvation issue, what's all this superiority and yeah. like, this is the best way and let's just get in the trenches over this one issue. Right, right. Um, I always get pushed back about that because it's like, hey, um, we still need to be able to talk about stuff. Yeah, sure, you can talk about stuff. But like, man, what I really want to talk about is how amazing Jesus is. Right. What I really want to talk about is worshiping Jesus tonight. Let's do it together. Right. And this person is praying for healing, and this person is praying in tongues, and this person is praying the Bible, and we all believe in prayer, and one person isn't gifted in tongues mm -hmm. yet, or they aren't gifted in tongues. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Right. Like, I'm not superior because I have to get the tongues. I'm not superior because I don't, I'm not a wackadoodle. Right. Um, and I'm also not associating with every single person who speaks in tongues. Like, you know, I'm not associating with, like, it, it's easy to conflate charismatic stuff with prosperity gospel. Exactly. Super easy to conflate that. Yeah. And then I went to a community, I realized these people don't believe in prosperity gospel at all. Right. They're like, not even, they're like against it. None of them and own Benny Hinn books. <laughs> they speak in tongues on a regular basis yeah. and they don't love Benny Hinn's ministry. We're making this false dichotomy that all people who believe this one thing or are charismatic are also all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's wrong, beloved. Yeah. Just... And, and it's wrong the other way. Like, you know, take a famous cessationist like John MacArthur, who has a reputation for being pretty spiky, you know, and rubs people the wrong way and hurts people's feelings and this kind of stuff, you know. And I'm, I don't know him, but I'm just talking about his reputation. Yeah. And, and it would be easy to lump any cessationist in with that. Would it be like, oh, all cessationists are just spiky, rude, mean-spirited, you know, <laughs> like, no. And, uh, and, and by the way, I think John MacArthur loves Jesus and yeah, he's a brother, he you yeah. know, it's like, so we can be different. You know, what would be amazing to me. And I think it happens all the time. We just don't realize it is having events where people who are completely different on these issues, which they're important issues, you know, they're not unimportant just because they're not of primary importance. But to come together and instead of being like, okay, we know that we're different and we're here to talk about how we're different. What if it was like, we know we're different and we're here to talk about how we agree. And that's what we talk about. <laughs> like, what if we had a conference that was on agreement? That doesn't make for good entertainment, Patrick. No, I know. That just wouldn't sell. <laughs> there would be nothing viral at all. I've seen it a few times, though. Um, yeah. But it's it's not usually centered around teaching or theological discussions. It's really centered around the things we can agree on: prayer, worship, worshiping Jesus, worshiping Jesus, believing the gospel, uh, evangelism. 
Yeah. You know, right. all the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's what I mean is I, it happens more than we realize because we're, we're gathered. There are a lot of Christian gatherings that are happening where there, there are people all over the map with these kinds of secondary issues, you know, but that's not what they're there to discuss. So they're not thinking about how this, this guy's sitting down two chairs down from me. He believes in certain gifts that I don't believe in, or he operates in them differently than I do or whatever kind of thing. That's not why you're there. So you're not thinking about it, but there you both are agreeing and learning together and maybe even praying together and encouraging each other. Maybe you end up partnering together and then you find out you're way different on these issues, you know? <laughs> uh, but I just, I love that. I think there needs yeah. to be more of that where we, but, but even better would be, I know we're different on this, but you're my brother, you're my sister. We, what we do agree on is greater and more powerful than what we disagree on. That's where I want to land with people. Come on. As long as we really do agree on yeah. those primary, on Jesus, you know? And I will encourage everybody out there, that requires you to visit some other places, mm. to be honest. I'm not talking about leaving your local church. I believe in being invested in your local church. Mm -hmm. But you need to take time out to visit other bodies yeah, and meet other people who yeah. genuinely live and like see them right. and experience Jesus with them. Worship Jesus with them. So I highly encourage, find opportunities to visit other camps mm -hmm. and see how much alike you guys are. Mm -hmm. See how much they love the Lord. See how much they love the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. and they love the Bible and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they love prayer. And, you know, so I do encourage that. I really encourage. Yeah. Make, make some friends places, who are yeah. unlike you in some of these ways. Cool. I love it. Well, We've talked about tongues a lot, so I hope well, you got something out of it. How, how about we wrap up with 10 straight minutes of tongues prayer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that That's a stretch for me, Patrick. I'll be straight Hey, yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> Why you hate the gift? <laughs> I do it silently, Patrick. Oh, right. It would just be me. They wouldn't even hear you. It would just be me. <laughs> I won't look at you and address you, though. <laughs> Oh, man. I love it. Well, thanks for catching the podcast, and we will see you next time. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.